You are listening to the World of Games Podcast. Afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this big, beautiful blue marble we call planet Earth. How you doing, everybody? Hope you guys had a great weekend. Mine was pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Never thought I'd be damn near attacked by the mask police. That's right, the mask police. Four people who took it upon themselves to be mask police, if there is such a thing. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. I just wanted to let you know, besides that story, uh, weather has been just absolutely beautiful here in the Bay Area. I hope you guys out there in the Tennessee region and, and Virgi- I believe it's Virginia also, and just out there in the Midwest and in the East, that's uh, having these tornadoes, these these crazy tornadoes. I've been watching them on YouTube over the weekend, and it looks pretty devastating. I hope everybody's all right and You guys can get through that, and my prayers are definitely with you. But over here in the Bay Area, it's just been absolutely a beautiful uh, weekend. Mid-70s, definitely shorts, t-shirt weather. So it's been really nice. And that kind (laughs) of leads into uh, this situation I had over the weekend when I decided to go on a walk, just to hike up in the local hills and everything. And... uh, was cutting through my neighborhood, and in my neighborhood over the weekend, they have a farmer's market. And in this farmer's market, uh, I, I don't go to farmer's markets too much. I haven't been to one since I was in living in my prior residence in a different part of the, the East Bay here. And uh, I'd go there and buy some honey and, you know, just stuff, unique foods and stuff, artisan foods. and So I'm going through this farmer's market, right? And mind my own business, and as I enter into this farmer's market, it's not that big. It's probably just two cross streets, a block each. So I guess you can say, what, three, four block radius? I'm Not even that. Anyhow, I'm walking through there, and I, I don't have a mask on. I, why would I, right? I mean, you're, it's outdoors. It's 75 degrees, sun shining, not a cloud in the sky. Nobody's around me. I'm not wearing a damn mask here, there, or anywhere in between. But I just was cutting through this farmer's market because you, there is no other way to cut around to go around the farmer's market. You have to walk down the street because all the the kiosks and all the tents are right there. They have them propped up on the street. So I'm cutting through, and I haven't been to this one, this particular market, since I moved here. And as I was walking through, dead in the middle there is. A booth, a giant booth with all kinds of these big bottles of hand sanitizers and uh, paraphernalia, you know, just kind of pamphlets and stuff like that. I guess pamphlets to teach you how to wash your hands, I guess. I I don't know what the hell that's that's about. But uh, a young woman had approached me and she had one of these neon green uh, vests on and she had (laughs) right off the top, she had a box of masks, you know, those baby blue powdery blue paper masks that basically don't do a goddamn thing 
And uh, she offered me one, and I kindly just you know, said, no, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you very much. And uh, she asked again. Now, I had my headphones kind of on at the time, but they, they were the volume was on low. I knew what she was saying, but I was kind of ignoring her. I didn't really want to get into the whole mask debate because I'm a real proponent of wearing those damn things if they don't work, right? But she wanted to go ahead and continue to pursue me wearing one she insisted on it and uh she was following me and i just kept ignored her kept walking forward right periodically i would turn around and look there she would be following me basically kind of yelling at the point i mean she was her voice was definitely up there and she was making it known that i need to wear a mask telling me all the you know the negative aspects of not wearing one, and she's she's literally following me, educating me. Now, this is not an older woman. This is not a, you know, this is, I don't know, maybe a college age, at most, college age student, and she's lecturing me, indoctrinating me about the usage of wearing masks and how you need to do it, and, and she's just pining on, right? And I'm, I turned around, and finally I had enough of hearing her. I said, hey, you need to just get, stay the hell away from me. Just stay, go back to your little booth, go back to your bottles of hand sanitizer, and just stay there because I'm passing through, I'm outdoors, I ain't wearing shit. As she's doing this, she's texting, right? She's texting like crazy. I don't know who she's trying to contact, but not more than There's a, a couple more green, neon green vested goofballs that... That come out of the come out of nowhere, and this little short guy with a green polo shirt, and he comes out. So there's three goons that she had, I guess, text and called over that that supposedly, I guess, they're the mask police of uh, <laughs> the farmers market, and they came over and then they tried to start educating me about how I needed to do this and do that. And I said, hey, listen here, buddy. Okay, uh, I'm outdoors. I'm walking on my street. In my neighborhood that I pay taxes for, if I want to walk down this damn street without a mask on, guess what? I'm going to. There's no damn mandate. There's no damn ordinance. There's no goddamn law. Okay? So I'm not going to sit there and and take it from a bunch of goons that are going to sit there and push this crap on me. So basically, we're going back and forth about it. You know, I'm saying I'm paying taxes about, you know, and he's doing the same thing. So I pay taxes too, but you're in my market. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. What makes this your market? You know, show me some identification. Show me a permit. Show me anything to indicate that you're approved by the city. You're regulated by the city. You're permitted by the city to even run such an operation on city streets because if you were there would be some sort of representation or even a one police car there to allow i mean just for safety reasons you know they usually have at least one officer there at any public event like that you know where you're closing down the streets you know just in case of safety issues right didn't see nobody there it didn't seem regulated it just seemed like a bunch of jackasses that were selling their wares you know just like any other farmer's market and that's fine but you're not going to sit there and tell me I got to do this, I got to do that, when all I'm doing is passing through in the open air on a 75-degree day, right? And so we're going back and forth. So now this guy and his two buddies, a couple of goofy-looking guys, they do this kind of strategy. You see, you see this kind of shit like when 
you know, Antifa and BLM and they go to these rallies and if they don't like, you know, the people that they see or don't want to deal with, they kind of crowd around them and then kind of slowly force them out of the area. And, and that's kind of what's happening here because then they start coming near me. They were getting closer and closer as they were following me. And then finally I just stopped and I turned and I said, what that, you know, I'll try to be polite about what I sit here on, on this podcast. But I basically asked him, why the hell are you following me? You know? He says, I'm not following you. I'm, I'm walking. I can walk here, too. But, you know, it, you, you, you know for a fact they were just pretty much trying to run me out of this stupid farmer's market. Which, by the way, I wasn't spending one goddamn penny on. So, I was just passing through. But now I had four people escorting me to the edge of this thing. And I'm going back and forth with this guy on why he's doing that, right? So, I turned around and I went right up to his face. I didn't go there to, you know, smack him or do anything like that. I, was, I wasn't planning on doing anything of, of violence or anything. I, was, I went back to prove a point, which was, if you're so determined to have me wear a mask while I'm in your so-called imaginary market, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you're not going to mind me getting within the six-feet social distance rule and get in your face and start discussing what we're talking about, right? He did not flinch. And I reminded him, I said, well, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you backing away from me? You know, I'm with, I'm like one foot from you. Why aren't you backing away? So you'll want me to put on a fucking mask, but you have no problem with that whole distance rule, right? That whole social distancing rule. That he couldn't comment on. And they didn't like when I started calling him sheep. And I, I just went off on the whole rhetoric. I'm not going to go into the whole details. But I pretty much, you know, let them know. Threw out some numbers, threw out some facts. I told them, why don't you go to the cdc.gov website, quit listening to the jackasses on the radio, on the TV, all the politicians in, in Sacramento, and just go to the cdc.gov website, take a look at the numbers, and it tells the whole story about what we're really dealing with. Because if you really look at the numbers, and I encourage everybody, just for an example, just Google, uh, let's see. What did I go? Cancer. How many people died of cancer in 2020? And remarkably, you'll see that the number far exceeds where we're at with COVID-19 over a year later. And for some reason, we're not talking about how back in the presidential primaries, before the idiot Biden got into office, he promised everybody in America and around the world that he was going to cure cancer. We haven't heard nothing about that. He really promised everybody, if I become president, we're going to cure cancer. That never happened. But I digress. That's a whole other issue. So after going back and forth with this guy and just the whole issue of this mask-wearing shit at a farmer's market when you're in fucking broad daylight, there's hardly—there was—I mean, it was early in the morning. There was hardly anybody there. Nobody was getting sick and dying. But I did kind of find it very odd that I was, I was the only person— the only person to not wear one. It was almost like the bizarre world. I mean, Jesus Christ. And honestly, I, I felt bad, you know, about raising my voice. Because, it, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I'm just kind of fed up with it. It's over. You can't convince me we're in some kind of fucking pandemic or not. You know? We have so many people walking around. Here and, and whether they're just, you know, honestly fearful or the brainwashed or whatever the hell is encouraging to walk around with nobody around them in the middle of a fucking soccer field like I see every day 
with a mask on. It, it just it confuses me. It, it it rubs me wrong. And and now when you got the when you got people with neon green masks following you, complaining that you're not wearing one of those things, it just it, it triggers me, you know. And so it stuck with me for about an hour. I was I was pretty upset. It's kind of hard to convey the the whole thing. I, I wish I would have busted out my cell phone and put it on my my YouTube or Rumble page because I'm telling you that would have been video gold right there. Yeah, I mean if that if there was any negativity to this whole weekend, that was it. But I won't let them deter me. I'm just gonna move on and continue doing what I do. I don't conform. I'm not some sheep. I don't listen to the idiots on the news and all that shit. What I do is if I want to find out what's really going on, at least as far as concern with the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the virus, the China virus, whatever, I'll just go to cdc.gov and it has the complete numbers and breakdown. Or you can go check out John Hopkins University. They even do a rundown. You can check out their website about it. And the numbers don't match up to what the news is saying. All right, so that's all I got on that. I'm done ragging about that. I'm, I don't want to be <laughs> any more worked up like I was yesterday. All right, so I do have some audio clips. So let me go ahead and shove those clips right in here, and I'll come back to you guys in a bit. All right, so I wanted to get into the story that came out on the 22nd. Um, and I'm reading this from Fox 8. This is a local Denver affiliate, Fox affiliate, but it seems to be written out by the Associated Press. And it's uh, it's basically, if you haven't heard about this guy, uh, it's the baker. He's being sued again for refusing to make gender transition cake. And I think he was sued for not doing a gender reveal party or something like that. But I find this, I, I mean, this is kind of a setup right here, so I just kind of want to read this out real quick. Again, out of Denver, through the Associated Press, a Colorado baker who won a partial victory at the U.S. Supreme Court in 2018 for refusing to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Okay, I stand corrected. It was uh, a wedding cake. Okay. Uh, it went on trial Monday in yet another lawsuit, this one involving a birthday cake for a transgender, a transgender woman. Autumn Scardina attempted to order the birthday cake on the same day in 2017 that the high court announced it would hear baker Jack Phillips appeal in the wedding cake case. Scardina, an attorney, requested a cake that was blue on the outside and pink on the inside in honor of her gender transition. Her lawsuit is the latest in a series of cases around the U.S. that pit the rights of LGBTQ people against merchants, religious uh, objections, an issue that remains unsettled by the nation's top court. On Monday, during a virtual trial being conducted by a state judge in Denver, Scardina said Phillips had maintained that, as a Christian, he would sell any other type of product but opposed making the gay couple's wedding cake because it involved a religious ceremony. She said she called Phillips' masterpiece cake shop to place the order after hearing about the court's announcement because she wanted to find out if he really meant it. Okay, see, right now, that's starting to sound like a setup. It sounds like somebody's trying to jump on some kind of gravy train trying to, trying to get this guy set up. When her lawyer, Paula Greason, asked whether the call was a quote-unquote setup, she said it was not. Quoting, it was more of a calling someone's bluff, she said. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh, 
Jesus Christ. Really, is that what it was? Calling somebody's bluff? So you, you intentionally go in and screw with this guy because you wanted to call him out on his bluff. And because he refused to give you any service, you're going to sue him. I thought people had the right to refuse service, right? Business owners can do that. At least that's what I know. That's what I heard. They have signs all over the place in some of these businesses, so I don't know. Calling somebody's bluff. Jesus Christ. In an opening argument, a lawyer representing Phillips, Sean Gates, said his refusal to make Scardina's cake was about its message, not discriminating against Scardina. Echoing assertions made in his, in his defense in the legal battle over his refusal to make a wedding cake for Charlie Craig and Dave Mullins in 2012. With Phillips getting media attention since then, he could not create a cake with a message he disagreed with, Gates said. Quoting, the message would be that he agrees that a, tr a gender transition is something to be celebrated, said Gates, who noted later that Phillips had objected to making cakes with other messages he disagreed with, including Halloween items. Before filing her lawsuit, Scardina filed a complaint against Phillips with the state and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission found probable cause that Phillips had discriminated against her. Phillips then filed a federal lawsuit against Colorado accusing it of waging a crusade to crush him by pursuing the complaint. What I want to know is, what about his rights? What about his civil rights? He doesn't believe in what she's doing or how she's living. He has every right to refuse service. So, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why are you suing somebody because you ain't getting what you want? Why don't you take your business so somewhere else? It's just that simple. Your money's just as good anywhere else. In March 2019, lawyers for the state and Phillips agreed to drop both cases under a settlement, which still allowed Scardina to pursue a lawsuit on her own. At the time, Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser said both sides agreed it was not in anyone's best interest to move forward with, with the cases. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 2018 that, that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission showed anti-religious bias when it sanctioned Phillips for refusing to make the same-sex wedding cake for Craig and Mullins. However, the justices did not rule on the larger issue of whether businesses can invoke religious objections to refuse service to gays or lesbians. The court is currently considering a related issue in a case over whether a Catholic social services agency can refuse to work with same-sex couples as foster parents in Philadelphia. Again, I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, if the guy doesn't want to bake you a cake, just, just go somewhere else. I mean, you have that option. But you're, you're intentionally going in there, and you're basically instigating a scenario. It's almost like you just want to be out there for the media to look at you. Like, hey, look at me. I'm going to sue that rotten baker guy because he's a, he's, a, he's a bigot towards uh, LGBTQ community and all this other stuff. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's nonsense. It, it, it'll probably, in my opinion, it should be just dropped. It's ridiculous. The guy has rights, but the baker has rights. He has rights just as much as anybody else. So to sit there and try to sue somebody because they don't want to bake a cake for you is just absolutely ridiculous. Just go somewhere else. Damn, Daniel. Alright, here's something that jumps out at me. This is a local thing. Uh, it's about BART. Bay Area Rapid Transit, if you don't know anything about it. That's our local, I don't know what you call it, subway system, I guess. Train system in the Bay Area. Um, 
Bart, though, seems to um, be working with a filmmaker, San Francisco filmmaker Francis Ford Coppola, for some free fiction via a vending machine. I think it's now, before I get into what I think about it, I'm just going to kind of tell you what they're doing with these things. Uh, looking for something to read on BART? The transit agency has installed dispensers at the Richmond, Fruitvale, and Pleasant Hill stations that spit out short stories for free. It's part of a partnership with Short Edition, the company that makes the dispensers and puts together the short stories. The kiosks are like vending machines that create creative writing dispensing stories on eco-friendly recyclable receipt-like paper they're touchless you just hover your finger over the button to get your story the the stories take less than five minutes to read filmmaker francis ford coppola is a fan of the devices the first one in the united states was installed at his cafe zotrope in san francisco's north beach I read about it, and I thought it was a wonderful idea, Coppola told Bart. Art dispensed by machine and for free. Quoting, I read about it and thought it was a wonderful idea, Coppola told Bart. Art dispensed by machine and for free. And Bart does have some video and pictures of these machines. And quickly, let me just kind of describe what it's like. I'm going to play it, but I don't think you'll hear it. It, it. It's just, um, no, you can't hear it. It's just a slender machine, blue and black, and it, it just <laughs> has three buttons on it. One says one, one says three, and one says five minutes. And uh, I guess you just take your choice. Once the pilot program is fully up and running, Bart will create opportunities for local writers to have their work featured in the dispensers. Cobla said that the writers interested in submitted stories should make them personal. Have a theme or point you need to express and enjoy writing, he said. Now, I mean, I got really no problem with it. I think it's good. I, I think a lot more people need to read. So, in a positive sense, I think it's good, you know, get, you know, especially with young kids and stuff. And, you know, hopefully they can actually implement, like, children's stories. Because, you know, a lot of parents take their kids out on outings and stuff. And it's a good way to get them, you know, preoccupied while they're traveling. I don't know. I, I think it's a good idea. Now, one thing in this article they don't tell you about is how much it costs. Now, there's four of them, and I remember seeing this story yesterday. It's not here on KP, KPIX's, C, my CBS affiliate. Uh, I seen it, I think it was on Fox affiliate, and they had mentioned that these things cost $40,000 total, which technically, if you kind of look at their budget and everything, it's kind of just a drop in the bucket, 40000 but it seems like every four or five years, the BART union always goes on strike and it affects everybody. Everybody ends up staying home and because they want to sit there and get more money out of BART and everything. All these union, you know, just union nonsense. But here you got an agency that's actually complaining about ridership because of the pandemic, right? And you're spending $40,000 on kiosks. That are me personally, like I said, it's a good, it's kind of a good idea, you know, it keeps people preoccupied and children maybe, you know, get them reading. But everybody's got a cell phone. And if you haven't ridden your local subway or bus, pretty much everybody 
tunes everybody else out by putting their faces in their cell phones. So I don't know how much of an impact this is going to have. I think it's just kind of wasteful spending. And again, yeah, it's only $40,000, but still, you know, everybody's hollering about, you know, maintenance and, and, and how rotten the bathrooms are and all these other complaints around the BART system and safety and everything else, right? Uh, but you're going to put in these little kiosks for 10000 a pop. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please take a moment and check out my YouTube and Rumble pages. Channels, I should say. Uh, it's at World of Dan, capital W-O-R-L-D, capital O-F, capital D-A-N, all one word, no spaces in between. Go by, subscribe, like, share, favorite, all that good stuff. I would really appreciate it. And thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I'm looking forward to talking with you guys again in the next episode. Peace out.